I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. As the 2019-20 Europa League group stages begin, Espanyol arrive as the Invincibles. 21 matches undefeated in Europe is a record that they share with the Ajax of Louis van Gaal, having come through the qualifying rounds unscathed and having gone on an incredible run during their previous European adventure back in 2006-2007. I'm your host, Hugh McTeer, and in this episode of La Liga Lowdown, we look back at the memorable UEFA Cup campaign for Espanyol, the team that technically didn't lose a match in the competition, but the team that left their final against Sevilla with silver medals, just as they had done back in 1988 against Bayer Leverkusen, back when the UEFA Cup final was a two-legged affair. The Pericos were defeated in the penalty shootout in the final in Glasgow. Lots of pressure here on Torrejon. The Pallop is there again, and Sevilla are triumphant for the second season running in the UEFA Cup. Now, before we get to the final and to set the scene, here's Sam Leverage to tell us about the 2005-2006 season and Espanyol's unorthodox route into the UEFA Cup. Hopes were high for Espanyol going into the 2005-2006 season. It was a club that was very buoyant and the atmosphere was good. Miguel Anjolodino had led the team to a fifth-place finish in the previous season and many fans were hoping that they could even maybe go one better in 2005-06, but it didn't work out like that at all. In La Liga, it was a disastrous campaign. In Europe, Espanyol reached the first knockout round where they were beaten by by French side Lille. And in the Copa del Rey, it was where they had their respite. In April, they, they won the competition with a 4-1 thrashing of Real Zaragoza in the Bernabeu in the cup final. But they had had an easy route there. They'd faced mid-table teams like Cadiz, Etafe and Deportivo, avoiding all of the big boys. It was a welcome bonus too, and it qualified from the UEFA Cup, which was fortunate because their league campaign was a disastrous one. It wasn't until the very last minute of the very last day that Espanyol secured their status as a La Liga team, with Coro scoring the injury time goal, which about wild celebrations. It was Latina's last game too, as he announced after the whistle that he would be leaving Espanyol after two years in charge. With Miguel Angel Latina gone, it was time to appoint a new coach, and Espanyol opted for an hombre de la casa, one of their own. One of the members of the Espanyol squad for the heartbreak of the 1988 final defeat 
against Bayer Leverkusen was Ernesto Valverde, and he was the chosen one to take over. Here's Alex Fitzpatrick to tell us more about Valverde's career and arrival at Espanyol. Ernesto Valverde began his playing career with Deportivo Alaves as a forward in the Segunda B. Two transfers in successive seasons saw him reach La Liga after catching the eye of Espanyol. He remained at Espanyol for two seasons, with the club losing the UEFA Cup final to Bayern Leverkusen on penalties in his final year. His nine goals in 29 games that season attracted the attention of the side across the city, and he made his move to Barcelona. During two years at the Camp Nou, his injury problems meant that he was a bit part player of a squad which won the Copa del Rey and a UEFA Cup Winners' Cup. Despite his problems, he'd found an admirer in Johan Cruyff, who tipped him to be a future head coach at the top level. Valverde left Barcelona for Athletic Bilbao the following year, where he played for six seasons. Although born in Extremadura, he qualified for the Basque club, having moved there as a young child. Bilbao would be where Valverde began his career as a coach. He slowly learned his trade and gained promotions through the ranks until he found himself as head coach of the first team in the summer of 2003. In his first year, his team finished fifth and qualified for the UEFA Cup. The following year, though, they didn't hit the same heights, finishing only ninth. But at the end of the season, the new president made Valverde a contract offer. It turned out, though, to be a sign of no confidence and an invitation to leave. Valverde was already one of the lowest paid coaches in the division, having risen through the ranks. An offer of a pay cut was the final straw, and Valverde walked away. What followed for Valverde was a year out of football. When he did return, he had to settle for what many might consider a lesser job than his last appointment, returning as head coach to the club where he debuted in the top division as a player, Espanyol. Valverde required some persuasion to take the job. Espanyol were reigning Copa del Rey champions, qualifying for Europe in the process, but had also narrowly survived relegation in the final game of the season. The presence of a number of promising young players in the squad turned out to be one of the key deciding factors, and in the end, Valverde decided to take the plunge. Valverde really did have quite an impact at Espanyol. In fact, he was so successful there that he has his own gate at their new RCDE stadium. Club legends are honoured by having their names placed above the gates around the ground and gate 89 belongs to Valverde. In large part, that's because of this memorable run to the UEFA Cup final. So, how did Valverde's Espanyol get to that final? Let's follow the path to Glasgow just now. It all started in Slovakia's national stadium in Bratislava as they faced up media Petrozalka in the qualifying round. Following a 2-2 draw there, Espanyol brought the Slovakian side to Montjuic to the Stadio Olympic, the stadium used for the 1992 Olympics that was then home to Espanyol between 1997 and 2009. There was some early panic as Jan Buryan gave Artmedia an early lead but Pandiani got two more goals and Luis Garcia added another to make it a 5-3 aggregate win. 
en español o en los grupos stages. Pandiani en de 2-0 van Corominas. This UEFA Cup was during the time when the format was a group stage format, but with groups of five teams and just four matches. You play two teams at home and two away, and it was just your luck which side you got at home and which ones you had to visit. Espanyol started out with a 2-0 victory away at Sparta Prague. The odd-numbered group format meant that each team had one match day off, so after Espanyol sat out the second round of fixtures, they had their first group stage match in front of their own fans as they hosted an absolutely bossed Belgian side, Zulti Wavergem. This was a thriller as Espanyol won 6-2, Luis Garcia scoring a hat-trick, Coro Netten won and Walter Pandiani scoring two of the 11 goals that would see him finish as tournament top scorer. I'm sure you heard his name come up quite a bit in those group stage commentary clips. Next came the glamour fixture of the group, the match the supporters had been waiting for. On a cold November night in Amsterdam, Ajax and Espanyol squared off. Pandiani and Koro gave them the 2-0 win, and when you look at some of the names in that Ajax side, from Stecklenburg to Haitinga to Vermalen to Vertonghen to Schneider to Huntelaar, you realise just how impressive a win this was. Already basically confirmed as group winners, barring a major goal difference swing, a slightly weaker 11 was sent out against Austria-Vienna in the final group game, but Espanyol won again. 1-0, you guessed it, Walter Pandiani with the goal. Into the round of 32, Espanyol had a trip across the Mediterranean to take on Italian side Livorno, who were taking part in their first and last European campaign. The first leg in Italy took place behind closed doors due to the stadium not meeting certain regulations that had just been established. Valverde said before the match that he wasn't sure if this would actually be an advantage, but it sure seemed like it as Espanyol won 2-1. Bandiani again amongst the scorers. Back in Catalonia and with fans, Jesus Maria La Cruz and Coronated the goals in a 2-0 victory for the La Liga side, one of four Spanish sides 
to make it to the last 16. Next up was Maccabi Haifa. Again, the away leg came first for Espanyol and they drew 0-0 in Israel. Back in Barcelona though, it was anything but close. They thrashed Israeli side 4-0 with Ivan de la Peña, Raul Tamudo, Luis Garcia and Pandiani all getting in on the action to book a ticket to the quarterfinals and to set up a blockbuster clash with Benfica. It couldn't have started better against the Portuguese side who'd entered the competition as one of the third place Champions League teams. Tamudo, Riera and Pandiani put them 3-0 up by the hour mark in the first leg, the home leg. But Benfica gave Espanyol a big scare after Nuno Gomez and Simao pulled two goals back. They took a 3-2 lead to Lisbon and had to nervously navigate 90 minutes at the Estadio da Luz. They did so with Gorka Ivaizos, excellent, as the Basque goalkeeper helped put his side into the semi-finals. There they met Werder Bremen and raced into another 3-0 lead in the home leg. But this time they didn't let that advantage slip away, helped by the fact that the German side went down to 10 men for the final half hour. Thanks to the goals from Moises Hurtado, Pandiani and Coro, they went to Bremen with a very healthy lead. Although they conceded in the fourth minute, Espanyol ended up winning 5-1 on aggregate, thanks to more goals from Coro and La Cruz. After this short pause, we'll get into what exactly happened in that final at Hampden Park against Sevilla. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown episode looking at the 2006-2007 UEFA Cup when Espanyol made a famous run to the final. There they met another Spanish side. They met the reigning champions of the competition. They met the Sevilla of Juan de Ramos. The final was a thriller, one of the best of all time, and here's Roman de Arquer to tell us the story of that amazing match in Glasgow. Y a los 
Brindaremos hoy con whisky y nos daremos las manos. Sevillistas y pericos, todos somos hermanos. Espanyol's second golden chance to win the Europa League, or more precisely, the UEFA Cup, came at Hamden Park in Glasgow on the 16th of May in 2007. In front they had another Spanish team, Sevilla. The Andalusians had won the same title the previous year by thrashing Middlesbrough 4-0 and were hungry enough to make a second consecutive final. Early in the game, in the 18th minute, Adriano outpaced David García in a very quick counter-attack and run in the box towards Iraitoz, finding the goalkeeper's bottom left corner despite shooting from a tight angle. What a start for Sevilla! And in fact, despite the goal, they kept on pushing while Espanyol was starting to feel the pressure and not proving capable of giving their rivals any trouble. Until, Albert Riera gave Espanyol the morale boost they needed 10 minutes later. His shot from outside the box was deflected by Dani Alves, just enough to get the ball past Palop, despite touching it with the tip of his fingers. From there on, Espanyol gained momentum, but Sevilla still dominated the game overall. The first half ended in a 1-1 draw, and so with the second half, but with a massive setback for Los Pericos. Moises Hurtado got sent off in the 68th minute after a foul near the edge of the box against Kerzakov, who'd come in for Luis Fabiano just a few minutes earlier. A second yellow card for Hurtado meant a wounded Espanyol were down to 10 men for the rest of the game. And did they suffer. Corner after corner, Sevilla kept Espanyol confined in their own box, with Canute almost getting the winner after heading the ball onto the crossbar. But the blue and white team managed to resist and hold on to their hopes, forcing extra time at Hamden Park. During those 30 minutes, it was more of the same we'd seen since Rutado sending off, with the Andalusians enjoying the best chances and constantly threatening Iraithoth's goal. Until their price came in the 105th minute. Just before the first break in extra time, a pinpointed cross by Jesus Navas was caressed into the back of the net by Canute. It seemed done and dusted. Espanyol was running out of energy and hope, while Sevilla still kept pushing to seal it off for good. But then came Jonatas, who'd been subbed in just before extra time with a splendid strike from miles away that just blasted past Palop to keep Los Pericos in the game. Now they could just pray for a penalty shootout, and their wish got granted. Being one man down wasn't a problem anymore, but the pressure was on them after Canute elegantly put the first one past Iraizoth, despite guessing the correct side. Luis García stepped up to shoot first for Espanyol, but his bravery got no reward. He shot to his left and Palop made a quick leap to block the ball. Sevilla won up. Second was Dragutinovic. The Serbian centre-back also stepped up calmly to the ball, tricking Iraizoth and slotting it in the left side with his left foot. Walter Pandiani now had to score for Espanyol, and what a way to do it, top right-hand corner, absolutely no chance for Palop whatsoever. And things got even better for them when Dani Alves sent the ball way over the crossbar, far into the stands of Hamden Park. This gave Jonathan the chance to level things up. He opted for the same corner he'd previously scored his wonder goal, but Palop knew it, and he denied the Brazilian a second one. Sevilla were another step closer when the unforgotten Antonio Puerta sent Iraizoth the wrong side and put his team up 3-1 in the penalty shootout. Espanyol had their remaining hope set on Torrejón. He could be one of the club's heroes in achieving their first UEFA Cup. But he looked nervous and tired, whereas Palop still had one big stretch left in him to glide to his right, stop Torrejón's weak attempt and become the real hero of the game. Three saves that tore Espanyol hearts apart. What was it like to be there at that final, to see the Spanish invasion of Glasgow? Well, I remember it quite well, as a kid living in the city at the time, I remember the streets being packed 
with fans in blue and red, but I never made it to the game. Someone who did though, and someone who spent approximately 40% of his waking hours at Hampden Park, is Stuart Spencer, who works in the stadium offices and who made it along to this match. Here he is to describe the emotions of it from the neutral's perspective. The rain was pouring, it was absolutely lashing down, but it didn't once dampen the spirits of both sets of fans who came here to Glasgow in the hope to see a great game of football, which they did, and hopefully to see their team lift a major European honour. I've never experienced an atmosphere outside my own football team in Scotland that was able to shake Hamden Park. The stadium was moving. The first goal is one of my favourite counter-attacking goals of all time and that just set the tone for what would have been the best live match I attended outside my own football team and my country. Extra time came, no one wanted to leave the ground. I didn't want to leave, I was just loving every minute of this final. Finally came to penalties, everyone was just surely exhausted watching the game because it was so good and it's the final hadn't, hadn't even been won. It was just, I've still got the match day programme and the ticket in my room and I still often refer to it when I talk about games that I attended at Hamden Park and it was just a joy to be part of that occasion and I'm very thankful for my dad for buying the tickets on that day. And what about for Espanol fans? What about for Espanol fans on the other side of the world? Well, here's Nick Puñal of the RCD Espanol Australia fan group with the excellent Twitter handle of Pericos OZ. Here he is to tell the story of how he lived this UEFA Cup final. I remember the, the night before the final, I was I just could not sit still. I was so nervous. Had to go for a walk and try and calm my nerves down because it was just incredible. I had my mum and my, my brother-in-law and my sister come over from England um, and we all got up at four o'clock in the morning to watch that game. Um, you know, 1-0, 1-1 and then took us, we went through to extra time and then again we conceded uh, only for John Adust to score the absolute screamer from outside the box uh, and and again we reached penalties and uh, I don't know where Palop got his divine intervention from but um, I'm pretty sure he hasn't had a uh, such a fantastic game ever since it was a massive uh, disappointment um, it didn't compare uh, to losing on penalties to Leverkusen back in 1988 but nevertheless um, I was pretty much down for the next couple of days so. Um, I am excited that we are back in Europe. Um, I do realise that the, our opponents, um, they are much more experienced than us in European competition, the CSK in Moscow particularly. Um, so it's just a wait and see. I, I hope that we manage to really come together and um, put some great performances in, uh, especially at home. So let's, let's wait and see. Espanol are back in Europe for the first time since that campaign. Many things will be different about this year's European adventure. New coach, new players, new stadium, new name for the competition too, now that it's called the Europa League. And in the 21st minute of each match, Espanyol supporters will applaud, something they didn't do in 2006-2007, something they didn't have to do. That minute's applause in every match is a tribute to Espanyol's former captain Danny Harkey, who was an integral member of that 2006-2007 squad. Here's Matt Clark to tell us about this sad part of the story. When Espanyol took the lead against Lucerne in a Europa League qualifier last month, the team celebrated the goal by coming together, forming a circle 
and pointing to the sky as one. This was to honour Danny Harke, their former captain, who tragically died 10 years ago, aged just 26. He had been a keystone part of Espanyol's run to the UEFA Cup final in 2006-07. He played every minute in 14 of the 15 matches as they conceded just 11 goals throughout the competition. He was a rock at the back, which helped them keep seven clean sheets, including daunting away trips to Ajax, Maccabi Haifa and Benfica, illustrating his influential role within the defence. A one-club man, loyal to his local team, Harke came through the ranks at Espanyol B before making his debut in the Copa del Rey at Alicante in September 2002. His La Liga debut came in a 2-0 victory over Recreativo de Huelva, while his first start was a month later against Atletico Madrid. He played a total of 212 games for Espanyol, scoring 10 goals. Tragedy struck in August 2009 on a pre-season camp in Italy. Harke suffered a fatal heart attack just after being made captain and with his girlfriend expecting a baby. The club later named their training ground and B-team stadium in his honour. There is one story which reflects the love and affection for Harke more than any other. In the World Cup final in 2010, Andres Iniesta celebrated Spain's winning goal with a message on his shirt, Dani Harke, siempre con nosotros, which translates as Dani Harke, always with us. A fitting and very personal tribute from Iniesta on the greatest stage of his career. Danny Harkey really will be with Espanyol as they return to Europe. It's a special moment for the entire club as they make it back to continental competition. The quest begins again. They enter the 2019-2020 Europa League group stages with no regular time defeats in 21 European matches. But they trade all of that for a shot at lifting the famous trophy. That's all for this episode of La Liga Lowdown. I've been your host, Drew McTeer, and I thank all the contributors, Sam Leverage, Alex Fitzpatrick, Roman de Arquer, Stuart Spencer, Nick Puniel, and Matt Clark. We hope you've enjoyed reminiscing about Espanyol's famous 2006-2007 season. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,